welcome back to Nonsense Acknowledged with myself, Nicole Angela. Hope you've all had a really lovely week. In regards to the podcast itself, thank you if you've um, watched my first episode for coming back. If you haven't, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and it'll get you hooked enough to keep watching. That would be awesome. Um, and if you want to keep up with when I upload, feel free to head over to my Instagram page. Uh, very small at the moment, still working on that one. But if you want to head over and give it a follow, that would be awesome. It's Nonsense Acknowledged, all one word. And if you go give that a follow and just keep up to date with what's happening with the podcast, that would be absolutely fantastic. In regards to that, um, I am hoping to continue uploading on here possibly every fortnight. Um, life gets a bit busy, so if it goes by the wayside a little bit, I do apologise, but I am aiming to hopefully do this fortnightly um, and hopefully you guys keep listening to it because if you do, that'll make me um, even more keen to upload more regularly, but we will see how it goes. It's only episode two, so don't expect me to um, you know, shoot through the sky and do one every second day. Um, that's not, not quite at the level that I'm at at the moment <laughs> but hopefully eventually um but we'll see <laughs> and that brings us to the first proper topical episode of nonsense acknowledged uh, i wanted to start off with something that i guess i'm quite passionate about um i'm one of the weirdos that really likes this particular thing and if you do follow me on my instagram nonsense acknowledged um <laughs> then you'll know what it's about and that's public speaking. Um, so I just wanted to kind of go through, um, just kind of list off kind of my experience with uh, public speaking, some tips that I have. Keep in mind, I'm no expert. I'm a 22-year-old who is just really passionate about public speaking and has always had a real kind of fascination with it. You know, don't take my word as gospel, but definitely if I can tell you some things that'll help you, that would be awesome. A lot of the things that... Um, I will talk about aren't things that you need to go and do massive courses for of course if you want to or you need to you can I guess this is just more for the kind of person who either needs to in their life or just wants to get a little bit better at it and just some easy ways that a 20 something like me has kind of worked on to make my public speaking better that's not super complicated because unless you've been coined to go and speak at a conference in front of a thousand people I don't know that you'll necessarily need to go out and pay a heap of money for courses and stuff but of course it's always a good good trait to have anyway anyway without further ado I should probably get in and actually start talking about it <laughs> um so here we go my experience with public speaking is actually a pretty good one I guess in the way that people enjoy doing acting because if I don't know they mess up a line or they don't do a performance as well as they would like to it's a character it's not them for me I've always viewed public speaking as the opposite it's that if I'm up there and I stumble over words I can regain it and come back from it because it's just me it's not someone making a comment on my skill of doing something because it's purely me and I can recover as myself from that. I know that might seem a little bit strange to some people that it's kind of the reverse and it doesn't quite work out in the way that mentally it should, but that's kind of how I view it. I do like the performance arts and that sort of stuff as well. Not so good at the acting side, but um, public speaking is something that I've always really loved. Um, when I was younger and I was in high school, lived out in the middle of nowhere in northwest Queensland, I actually 
had the amazing opportunity to be able to sit in on a few of the morning recordings um, with one of the girls that was working at ABC Radio, which was absolutely fantastic. Just being able to see the structure of that and her talking into the microphone, um, which is not unlike podcasting, I guess, just at a lower, well, for me, a lower level, not for um, some big podcasters, but it's essentially a portable radio, I guess you could call it, um, except you can edit a lot more and kind of structure it um, in a way that you want to in the same way that YouTube is a new version of television. Um, either way, though, being able to sit in and listen in on those recordings was absolutely amazing. Obviously, at that point, I think I was year 10 or something, so I didn't get to talk on there or anything. But just talking to the people who were behind it and even talking to them about some of the stuff about going up on their website and how they connect the internet to radio was really fascinating and just a great opportunity to have at such a younger age. On top of that, I guess... There was never a point for me in which I absolutely hated public speaking. Whenever we had presentations for school and that sort of stuff, early on, I never was super excited for them, but I definitely didn't hate them. I always wanted to go up and do the presenting, but as I got further into high school and everything, I started to really love it, actually, just being able to be expressive or be factual depending on what you were conveying and being able to stand up in front of people and present that. I always thought it was really, really cool. And obviously if, you know, just pre-tip out here before I actually go into it later is that especially if you're still in school and even if you're just out of it, always try and do extracurriculars as that is really what helped me out when I was again, back in high school, um, we had a little music festival sort of thing that was tailored to the uh, school and I presented for that, just introduced the um, artists who were coming up to perform and that stuff, which is really cool. I was also lucky enough to be able to do the announcing for um, our local athletics club um, and also we held a little baby carnival <laughs> as well, which was really cool and I got to present for that, so... Just little bits and pieces being growing up in a um, smaller town. It was a lot easier for me to have access to that um, in bigger places like Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane. It's probably a little bit harder, but you still need to seek it out to know if that is there. Anyway, fast forward to now and I still really like public speaking. <laughs> it kind of hasn't gone away. And I know at the moment I'm a bit of a um, weirdo in my workplace because I recently said that I really enjoy public speaking and everyone kind of side-eyed me and they're like, that's not right. <laughs> Which honestly, I don't mind them saying that's totally fine with me. It's something that I enjoy doing and it means it'll open doors in an avenue that people don't necessarily want to go down because they don't enjoy it or they get too much stage fright to be able to do it. But I guess I've fallen behind a little bit with my public speaking lately, just not being given kind of the opportunity to um, go out in search of that. But I'm still really enjoying it. And obviously I'm kind of getting back into it through this lovely podcast that you're listening to now. So that's 
kind of wrap up a long-winded wrap up of my experience with public speaking. So hopefully you gleaned a little bit of that. Um, definitely let me know as well over on my Instagram. I'm going to plug it a hundred times because I want you to follow it. And if you do, uh, that would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, over on my Instagram, nonsense acknowledged. If you want to head over and let me know about any experiences you've had, I've got a post up there um, at the moment. It's a pretty ocean graphic and it's got public speaking. You'll know which one it is. Definitely just go to that uh, picture and leave a comment on there. Let me know about your experience with it because I would genuinely love to hear about that. So I guess the next thing I want to jump along to is public speaking in relation to anxiety and feelings of anxiousness around it. I know a lot of people get very bad stage fright before they seize up, everything just goes out of their mind and they're just not sure what to do about it and I absolutely understand that. As someone who deals with anxious tendencies, I'm honestly quite surprised how much I like public speaking. It should be something that scares me shitless, honestly. But it doesn't for whatever roundabout reason. But that kind of anxiety beforehand is not something that should be shut away from. It's not bad. In fact, I still get incredibly nervous before going up and speaking. But it's less surrounding the stage fright side of things and just, oh shit, I'm going to forget my lines. (laughs) But I guess anxiety and not even anxiety as a kind of overarching thing, but just nervousness is always good because it keeps you on your toes. It makes you, instead of just sitting there and waiting to go up on stage to do the presentation that you've been training for, it makes you sit down and go over the lines and go over the lines and make sure that you've got your cue cards or your PowerPoint slides or whatever else you need to get sorted on top of the spoken words. So I guess nervousness is kind of a good thing to have beforehand in lots of things. I used to do athletics and being nervous before a race or before a throw one of the throwing events was always something that happened and I had been doing that for years and years and years but I was still nervous about it because I wanted to do well so I guess if you're relaxed about it you either don't care or you're just one of the very much outlier kind of people who doesn't get nervous public speaking but I guess in the same way that people jump out of planes maybe my adrenaline rush is going on stage and talking in front of an audience Basically, what I'm trying to say is that anxiety around public speaking is totally normal. Even the people that love it still get nervous before public speaking. And so I guess what I'm saying is don't let it stop you from doing it, especially if it's something that'll better your career. If you have a trajectory in your career and that involves public speaking, don't let that nervousness stop you. It may not go away, but it's not always a bad thing. On top of being able to help within a maybe a career setting or within just an announcer's kind of setting, public speaking is also something that helps out within a social setting. Now let me make a massive distinction first. I am not saying that public speaking is the same as speaking in public socially. Uh, There's definitely a massive line Between those two, take it from me. Love public speaking, can do it just off my own bat anytime. But you get me into a social setting where it's small talk and having to kind of converse with other people. I am so much more nervous in that setting than I am public speaking. I guess for me, public speaking is nice because it gives you structure. You know what you're going to say. You can go out there. You've got in your head 
the scenario in which where you're speaking is you'll know what is happening, if that makes sense. That makes no sense. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that there is a structure and you're able to kind of preempt what is going to happen when you're public speaking. In a social setting, complete opposite. You have no idea what's going to happen and that might be a good thing. That might make you incredibly nervous if you are riddled with anxiety. <laughs> but either way, there is a big difference. I will say though that if you have issues conversing in public, public speaking is something that I think very much helps you. It kind of gets you into a mindset of being able to say, okay, so this is how I think the crowd is going to react. I'm going to say these things. I'm still going to be myself because if I'm not myself, then what's the damn point of doing it? But it kind of gets you into that mindset of being able to talk to people, even if it's not face to face and it's not necessarily talking about, oh, what did you do last Saturday? Oh, I went and hung out with friends. That's awesome. Cool awkward silence, you at least get a kind of idea of how to read body language and how to read a crowd. And that I think definitely translates over into a social kind of atmosphere. I very much think that it's something that if you want to get a bit better socially, obviously if you are at a point where you're talking to a therapist or something, even better, do that. I'm no therapist, obviously. I'm just someone who's really passionate about public speaking. But I feel that if it's something that you want to pursue, public speaking definitely has a kind of ripple effect out to other things that you do in your life as well. So if you're looking to do public speaking or go into it or just learn a little bit, I would very much encourage you to try it. At least give it a go. If you don't like it, it's not for you. That's fine. It's not for most people. But if you do like it and you want to give it a go, this is your grand sign to go out and try and do public speaking, I guess. If you want to listen to a random chick on a podcast, um, then your sign is here. As a bit of a follow on, I mean, the next topic that I was going to talk about is the benefits of being able to speak in public, um, which I kind of covered just then. But I do have a couple of points specifically outside of kind of amplifying your social skills a little bit that it is good for. There are the kind of obvious ones, which is that if you're in a position in your career or in your job where you need to pitch or give presentations, being able to do that public speaking will be awesome because it'll mean that you can just turn around and be like, yeah, boss, that's cool. I'll go out and do that. Or yeah, I'll put my hand up to do that speaking role that no one else wants to do. Um, and it'll kind of set you apart a little bit in that way. So it's always good, especially if you're doing anything in relation to pitching, to be able to speak well and clearly and be concise, uh, which I know I struggle to do. Conciseness is one of the things I need to work on. Um, but if you're clear and you can do that and you put your hand up, that's awesome. On top of that, pre-job, if you're going to job interviews, I guess this overlaps a little bit with the social skill side of things because that's what you need to go into a job interview as well. But being able to speak in public, if you're sitting in there with more than one person especially, it's really good to have on hand because it gives you an air of confidence and it kind of assures them that you know what you're doing. Even if you are, I'm not going to say bullshitting through an interview because that's bad and you shouldn't do that, but making yourself look good, which you always want to do in an interview, being able to convey that, again, clearly and concisely 
is going to look really good to the people that you're going in for the interview for. Obviously, you need other skills on top of that, depending on what your industry is. But that is something that they will definitely like from experience, having gone to heaps and heaps of job interviews. Um, Obviously, I'm not on the other side at that point, but having friends in recruitment and that sort of thing definitely give you insight that allows you to kind of look for what people want even if you don't know exactly what they want there's always a ballpark range that you can go into and kind of work out I guess the last real benefit that I find that really helps amplify my love for public speaking is the fact that not a heap of people like it so if you want to go in and start doing public speaking and then you get to a point whether with your extracurricular activity whatever it may be or with your job or with your school or uni or anything like that if you get to a point where you really like public speaking and you're one of five people and the four other people don't like public speaking and you put your hand up you're going to stand out assuming that you're not the superior in the situation and there's someone above you that you're trying to look good for you're trying to impress um if they're just your boss so you've got to look good in front of them anyway (laughs) no matter how that swings Being the one person or at least the minority who goes, yeah, I want to do public speaking. I'm going to go up and present the shit out of this and I'm going to make us look really good. That's going to set you apart. Even just putting your hand up to be able to like speak first in a class and in uni, which I've done. I'd be like, yeah, I definitely want to speak first and put my hand up. You can kind of just tell that whoever's choosing it, whether it's the teacher or the lecturer, is just like, oh, thank God someone put their hand up and I didn't have to choose this time. (laughs) But it makes you stand out and that's my point and that's why I think it's so cool and I'm very lucky that I naturally like public speaking because that is definitely something that helps me stand out in certain situations. I guess what I want to wrap this episode up on is just a few tips that I have that I can give you that'll just generally help you. Again, it's nothing clinical, nothing that you'll see from workshops and that sort of stuff that go in depth into how you can specifically make your public speaking better for you and your skills. This is just general stuff that you may have heard before, but I'd really like to go over it because I've said kind of tips in a general sense along the way, but they're not specific tips. They're just things that help me that fit in with my storyline. So I guess the obvious thing here is to be able to do courses and workshops. So in terms of courses, there are ones online that you can do that are really good. Um, A couple of websites that I've gone to that have a heap of different courses that you can do and workshops online to be able to improve your skills. But specifically, I know there um, there are a couple about public speaking on these websites. One of them is Udemy which is U-D-E-M-Y. Also, hashtag not spawn for any of this, of course. Why would I be sponsored on the second episode of a podcast that has probably two listeners? But anyway, Udemy is really good. Um, They have a heap of stuff on every now and again. They have sales as well. So for the budgeters like me, fantastic. Also, another one like Skillshare is also really good. Those sort of websites that give you online tutorials. Sometimes they give you resources as well. That's really cool and definitely go check those ones out. I know there are a heap, a heap of others around as well, Um, but they're just two that I've come across recently um, and a bit more so than others. Otherwise, if you do workshops, obviously if you can do face-to-face workshops with public speaking, that's awesome because you can pick up so much more 
uh, through face-to-face -face than on a camera, especially for the people teaching or doing the workshops. So definitely have a look around for that. Being in Brisbane, I know that if I just Google Brisbane workshops, there's a heap of websites that come up. Obviously, a main one that you can do is meetup.com. Um, they usually have a few around for public speaking and just like professional development. So that's really cool. Otherwise, if you just Google your town and public speaking workshop or, you know, speaking workshop or something like that, you'll be able to find a few. So um, I definitely encourage that as well if you can go out and do that. And obviously, if you have the um, funds to be able to do it. I also find that if you're going to start public speaking, doing it in an environment with lots of people in an audience, i.e. a lecture hall or something like a presentation for uni. I know there was heaps of people in some of my lectures that we did presentations for. The more people that are in the audience, the better. Again, might just be my personal preference, but I think if you start off with big crowds, it's so much easier because if you have two people in that audience, you have two faces that you can look at that will always be looking back at you. If you're standing in front of 50 people, you can't look at everyone at once. And if you just slightly look over the back of their heads, which is another tip, you don't have to look people in the eye, just look directly over their head. Looks like you make an eye contact, but only really works in the bigger crowds. So if you can do that, you don't actually have to make eye contact until you're a bit more comfortable with it. And it's, in my opinion, it is much easier to recover from something with lots of people than make awkward eye contact with one of the two people that are standing in the room and you know they noticed. Where if it's a lot of people, it's a bit harder to keep track of, which is good because it keeps you a bit distant from it. So don't be scared to tackle the big crowds because if I was doing, I think I did one in uni that was in front of like five other people and five other people is so much harder to deal with than doing the announcing for the athletics club that I used to do, which would have been in front of between at least 50 or 100 people, which is so much easier. <laughs> so I definitely think don't be scared by the big audiences. Go for that first if you can. Obviously, I understand if not, though. <laughs> Another thing is, I know a lot of people do the whole, imagine the audience in their underwear, which I'm sure is a good idea for some people. For me, it's not. Trying to imagine something else while you're also trying to remember your lines is not something that I like because I have an issue sometimes where I just forget the rest of my script and I just shut down and I've got to recover real quick to get back on there and start talking again. So... Trying to then imagine people in their underwear to, I guess, I don't know, make it easier for you to talk because then they're as embarrassed as you are. I, I don't know the logic behind it. Obviously, I don't follow that principle, so <laughs> I haven't exactly done research into it. But I think, honestly, it just comes down to practice. Practice and practice and practice until you know that you are confident with it. And even if there are bits and pieces that you're a little bit iffy with, practice it enough that if you get the script wrong, you can just improv it for a little while. Um, obviously with the same kind of general points, but you don't have to go specifically by the script. So practice is my big one. You don't need to imagine people in their underwear. Depending on your audience, that could be really creepy. So maybe just practice a lot until you are happy with it and you feel like you can get out there and start talking. My last one is a bit of a reflection back to the beginning, which is when you go out there and you're talking and even just before you go out and start doing your speaking, 
breathe. <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say. And I know that it's probably an obvious thing to point out. But just breathe in and out and calm yourself down. Because the worst thing to do is to get worked up and worried. Because that is when I seem to mind blank on what I'm meant to be doing. Is when I get all caught up in everything else. And then the script that I've just learnt for the last three days is out the window. <laughs> so breathe and be calm and do what you need to to be able to do that. Um, and just go with it. It doesn't have to be super scary unless you make it scary. So breathe through it and you'll be all good. Now, I wanted to introduce something into this podcast that kind of opened up the floor for two separate segments that I wanted to throw in at the end. They will usually be a little bit separate to what the topic is, but not too far removed. And the first segment that I wanted to introduce for that is what I'm going to coin for now as the acknowledgement corner. Um, title pending, still working on that, but I feel like that flows all right. <laughs> In the acknowledgement corner, I'm basically just going to bring up one thing that I have liked over the past couple of weeks, whether it be a product, a service, just something a little more tangible that you might be able to go and have a look at and obviously I'm open to suggestions as well. So the acknowledgement corner for this week, something I've actually been using for quite a while now, um, it's a website and I'm 100% sure that you have heard of it before because it has blown up recently so much. It's something that a lot of people that I know use and that's the website Canva. So for my, um, my current job and my previous job, I actually used Canva quite a lot for social media graphics. It's something that I feel like if people don't know about it, which I don't know how you don't, but just in case you don't, you should know about it. Um, especially if you're doing graphics for social media or even just general graphics. It's just a really easy, user-friendly way to be able to throw together a um, graphic that is suitable to what you're using it for. There are a heap of templates if you're a little bit less creative, like myself. Um... But just generally, it's a drag and drop system. It's so nice. And, and as someone who's currently trying to get better with Photoshop, Canva's a really nice, simple alternative for that. So that's my acknowledgement uh, for this week. And hopefully if you want to check it out, awesome. Otherwise, head over to Nonsense Acknowledged on Instagram. Let me know what your acknowledgement is for this week, um, whether it's a thing, a product, a service, a quote, um, just generally anything that you want to acknowledge, uh, let me know about that because I'd really love to hear it. And the last segment that I have on here, which I'm pretty confident I'm going to keep up um, from week to week, unless obviously I get a heap of feedback and everyone's like, shit, stop it. <laughs> In which case, we'll see. <laughs> but this last segment is something that I have uh, coined as a nugget of nonsense. I wanted to introduce something that was going to be mostly separate from the topic, but just something else as well that's a little bit different from the regular structure. So Nugget of Nonsense is basically just going to be a audio clip that I've dropped in from the week that I've just recorded out of the blue because of something that's come to my head. That could be something in regards to what I'm going through that week. It might be a personal lifestyle based thing. Or it could be me out somewhere and I've run into someone and started recording the conversation. Who knows at this point? Um, it's a bit up in the air, but 
I like the idea of just being able to slip something in in the week that's just a little bit different and gives you a kind of update on something that's happened that week, evidently. (laughs) So the nugget of nonsense that I am throwing in this week is going to be one that I recorded during the week where I have kind of been going through, you know how you've got like New Year's resolutions in, um, obviously New Year's, duh, but you've got your New Year's resolutions on like the 1st of January and then everyone seems to go through this thing where it hits June, July, like halfway through the year And suddenly I know myself, I do it every year and I know some of my um, friends and people that I see on social media do it a little bit as well, where you hit mid-year and suddenly there's a resurgence of this resolution that you want to accomplish. That's what I've done. Um, And so this little snippet is just a little segment of me chatting about tangible goals. Um, That's kind of the basis of the topic for this one. And I basically just picked up my phone, started rambling into the mic, um, about goals and setting them and keeping them. So I'll drop that little clip in now. Um, But yeah, listen to me uh, midweek, just chatting in a very sombre, solemn voice about goals and trying to be really deep. So (laughs) here it is. What do you want to get out of this week? Sometimes it's not necessarily about the grand scheme of things, trying to come up with an idea of what you want to be doing or a motivation or a goal that is set for months or years in advance can be counterproductive. It gives you this grandiose idea that that's where you're going to be in five years or that's where you're going to be in six months. But having that kind of distance between what you want to do now and what you want to do to get to then doesn't always connect as well as you think that it will. I guess it's one of those things that if you think what do you want to get out of this week which means you have seven days if you don't work out how you're going to get what you want what that defined want is then it's just going to pass you by very very quickly seven days goes very quickly especially when you get into your 20s setting a week to work out what you want makes you act now maybe you do it for a month and that's fine if part of that is going to events or something that is a little bit more time precious but if you go week by week you say I want to get this done by the end of the week or I want to do this during this week it makes it a lot easier you have the smart goals as they call them within professional development but that also applies to personal 2018 is a year where I've seen a lot of people online make a lot of big moves and getting into that mindset and seeing on Instagram a lot can either motivate or demotivate you depending on what mindset you yourself are in. So really, I guess it just comes down to how are you going to get to where you want to be? That's really it. How do you work best? I work best in writing things down. I work best in having tangible, set out goals that I can achieve and feel good about. And that's the main thing. You need to feel good about them. Okay, okay, so I promise that it's not going to be that cringy and deep every week, trust me. It was just kind of what came to mind in the past couple of weeks. And I wanted to record it, and that's kind of the point of nugget of nonsense. It's why I didn't try and come up with a more sophisticated name for it, because it's not really sophisticated. And that's 
kind of the point. <laughs> because when you just have random brain farts during the week, it's usually not sophisticated. It's usually just talking shit to yourself, which I do a lot. So I figured why not record it? But anyway, I do hope that you enjoyed that little segment and overall just enjoyed the podcast. This being the first proper podcast episode where I'm actually talking about a topic. Um, I do hope you give me some feedback on it. Um, I'm obviously still starting out and I really enjoy this sort of stuff. I honestly do. I think it's a lot of fun. But if you have any feedback about I'm talking too fast or slow or the structure's all out of whack or honestly just anything. If you have an opinion on it, if it's good, please tell me it's good too. I need validation. But if it's not, then give me constructive criticism because I'm all ears for that, honestly. And um, what are you going to do if you don't just keep learning throughout your life, I guess, which I'm starting to get deep again. I need to stop. This is not my brand. I don't want it. But anyway, that's about a wrap for this episode. So I know I keep saying it, but I do honestly hope that you enjoyed it. Let me know if you did. Again, gonna self-promo and plug my Instagram because it's my podcast and I can do what I want. So if you want to head over to my Instagram, it's just nonsense acknowledged. Um, leave me a comment, give me a follow, whatever you want to do. Interact, I'll talk to you. Otherwise, I will be back hopefully within the next fortnight. Unless everything goes crazy and I end up not being able to record, I'm going to try and stick to the fortnightly upload so i hope you're looking forward to that i'm definitely looking forward to creating it as well and keep an eye out on my instagram for what the next topic is have a lovely week guys bye